When a person gets ready to die, some of the last words they say are very significant and very important. It was amazing that the Apostle Paul, after he, when he was coming to the end of his journey, it is amazing the confession that he made. He could have talked about many things in his life. But now as he was looking at death right in the face, he made an awesome confession. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, 6 through 8, I want you to notice what Paul said. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. He said these words. I am ready to be poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. And then he said, now he says, it's just like God's going to pour me out as a drink offering. And I'm fixing to go to heaven. He called it his departure. The time of my departure is at hand. But listen to what he said. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me in heaven the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. In describing his life, he said, it's been a fight, but I fought a good one. He said, you know, it's been a race, but I won the race. And he said, my faith was constantly under attack, but I kept the faith. Have you ever wondered how perilous Paul's life was? What kind of fight did he fight? I mean, would you just stop with me a moment and, and realize what kind of fight he was in? In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23, it tells us exactly the fight that Paul was in. And this should be up on the screen. All right. And, and, and in verse 6, he says that uh, there were false teachers among them. It, for it says in 2 Timothy eleven six, If one who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, if you receive a different gospel that you have not received... Uh, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. But I consider that I am not all, at all inferior to those eminent apostles, to the most eminent apostle. He said, false teachers, false apostles have come in, but I am the, a true apostle. Then he says in verse 13, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. He said, I'm having a battle right now with false teachers. But, then he tells about the, the battle he fought. And I want you to look at it in verse 23. It is amazing. Are they ministers of Christ, these false apostles? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes. Now he's describing his life. He said, I worked harder than any of them. In stripes, Above measure, I was beaten so many times, I lost count. In prisons, 
more frequently. And in death, facing death often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Man, five times, 39 stripes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I have been in the deep. Man, this is the fight. In journals, in journeys often, in perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils of the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perilous in, in the sea, and among false brethren. In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, cold and naked, and beside these things, what came upon me daily, by deep concern for the churches. Wow. Man, his whole life was in a battle. I mean, if he wasn't in jail, he was on the way to jail. And if he wasn't get beat, he was fixing to get beat. But you know, you know what he said? I fought a good fight. He said, I won. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12. I think Paul gives us the key. How he won the fight. Now, don't you stay with me. How he won the fight. How he won the race. How he kept the faith. I think he tells us how he did it. If you look in verse 4, verse 7, it's what it says. We have this treasure, Jesus, in earthen vessels. That the excellence may be of the power, may be of God and not of us. Then he describes his life. We're hard-pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Always caring about in the body, the dying, the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in your body. Now, I want you to look at verse 16. I want to show you how he won the fight and how he won the race and how he kept the faith. It's amazing what he's going to say. He says in verse 16, but therefore, in spite of all that I've been through, I do not lose heart. He said, I'm not discouraged. I'm not giving up. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man, my physical body, is perishing, my inward man, my spirit, is being renewed day by day. I may be a weak on the outside, he said, but I'm going to tell you, I'm strong on the inside. And then, it, then he says this, our light affliction is but for a moment. Can I say one thing? If Paul's affliction was light, I don't want a hard one. I'm telling you. His light affliction? Paul, give me a break. He said, my light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working in me a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. And then he gives the answer. This is why he won the race. This is why he won the fight. This is why he kept the faith. While we do not look at the things that are seen. He said, I live in a different world than y'all do. 
He said, I'm not looking at what I can see. Oh, no. I do not look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. You know what Paul said? There are two worlds. There's the world of the seen, the physical world that we live in. We can see, hear, test, touch, taste, and smell. But he said, you know, there's another world. It's the spiritual world. That's where I'm living. I'm not looking at what I can see. But my eye looks beyond what I can see into the spiritual realm. I'm looking at what is unseen. And the reason I won the fight and I won the race and I kept the faith is because I always lived in that unseen world, the spiritual world. You see, as Ed mentioned earlier, the physical world will try to crowd Jesus into a closet in our heart. But when you look beyond the physical world and you keep your eyes on Jesus and when you look look into the spiritual world, and you live in the spiritual world, then it doesn't matter. You can endure anything that happens in the physical world. Now, so what God is saying to us, we live in this physical world. We can't but see what we see, hear, touch, taste, and smell. But that's not where God wants us to live. He wants us to live in the spiritual world, in the world of the unseen. And listen to me very carefully. What we see in the spiritual world, he wants to determine what we live in the physical world. In other words, what you see in that spiritual world that we're living in, that should determine how you live in the physical world that you're living in now. Now, I believe that the unseen world that Paul lived in was the world in which he realized, now stay with me, this is very important, how powerful Jesus Christ was in him. I think when they beat him, his eyes were on Jesus. I think when he was in jail, he was singing praise to Jesus. When he was in the deep, three times shipwrecked, I don't think he was thinking about how big the waves were. I think he was thinking about how wonderful Jesus is. You see, Paul never lost focus of who Christ was in him and who he was in Christ. And I'm telling you, you're talking about living in the unseen world. When your life is focused on who Christ is in you and who you are in Christ. You know, there's a verse of Scripture in Colossians 1.27 that says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hey, by the way, there's another verse that has that in it. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Colossians 1.27 says, but you know Christ restores that glory. He said, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you learn to live with the awareness, now stay with me, this is so important. If you learn to live with the awareness 
of who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, then you've moved into the unseen world and you can face anything that you encounter in the physical world. Now, I'm going to share with you some truths of the unseen world. What it means to be in Christ and what it means for Christ to be in you. And I want us to get our focus in that unseen world of our identity in Jesus Christ, who he is in us, and who we are in him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, I want you to think about this. Now, this is what the Bible says about you. Now, I'm talking to people. Now, you've got to know you're saved, okay? Now, I'm not talking about somebody that's religious. I'm talking about a person whose life life has been changed by the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a time in your life when you repented of your sin, broken before God because of your wickedness, saw yourself without God and without hope, and in repentance of sin, threw yourself upon the mercy of God and received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You responded to the conviction of the Spirit of God and you knew you were lost and you cried out for mercy. And you may have been a child, you may have been, it doesn't matter when, but you asked Christ to come into your life and save you and transform you. And, and you, are, you know in your heart that you're a child of God. Well, okay, with that understanding, did you know the Bible says that if you are in Christ, You're a new creation. That old things are passed away and all things are become new. Did you know that? You say, Brother Fred, you know, that's a lot in there. It says, if anyone is in Christ, you're not the same person you used to be. You're a new creation. Old things. What are the old things that have passed away? I'm going to mention them to you. And what are the all things that become new? So as I'm living in the unseen world, my confession is I'm in Christ and I'm a new creation. You know, the second truth is not only if you're in Christ are you a new creation, but if you're in Christ, your sins have been forgiven through the blood of Jesus. Your sins have been forgiven. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Notice what it says. It says, we, I need the scripture. I don't need those uh, confession up yet. That's what I need. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. So in that unseen world, I realize in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away, my sins. All things have become new. And I realize that in Christ, I am forgiven of my sin. I have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. And when the devil comes to accuse you of your sin, you answer him to him, I've been redeemed through his blood. I've had forgiveness of sin. When the devil comes to condemn you of your past, you say, I'm not the person I used to be. Old things are passed away. And so we realize that in Christ, we're a new creation and our sins are forgiven. 
But you know, the third thing is this. In Christ, we have, in Christ, we have the righteousness of Christ. Now, if you ever get this, and it becomes more than something that's in your head, you know you're a new creation in Christ. You know your sins are forgiven. But then the reality of the fact that God took your sin and placed it on Jesus and took the righteousness of Jesus and gave it to you. You talk about giving you the inner strength to face anything. And our confession is that in Christ, we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. For example, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, a very clear, clear scripture. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God in him. If you are saved this morning, God does not see you in the flesh of Adam If you're saved this morning, God sees you in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm beginning to understand a little bit about the unseen world. In Christ, I'm a new creation. In Christ, I have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of my sin. But also in Christ, I have now, I'm no longer in Adam and in the flesh, but I have received and I'm living in the very righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's another verse, Romans 5, 17 which says that we have received, the the last part of this verse, we have received abundance of grace, now get this, and the gift of righteousness. We've received abundance and grace, abundance and grace, the gift of righteousness through grace. You know the only righteousness that's going to be in heaven? The righteousness of Jesus I would hate to think I would ever stand before God in my righteousness, which is his filthy rags. But what confidence it gives the believer to know when Jesus took my sin, God charged his righteousness to my account, and I am righteous in Jesus Christ. You know, Paul knew all of this when he was in jail, when he was being beaten, when he was shipwrecked, when he was in peril. He knew that he was a new creation in Christ. He knew that his sins were forgiven. He'd been a blasphemer. He'd been redeemed through the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of his sin. He knew that he had now received the righteousness of Christ. He was the one who said, I gave up everything that was important to me so I could have the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. You know, it's also another great truth in, uh, in the unseen world is that in Christ, your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Adrian Rogers used to have a sermon, Where on Earth Does God Live? He said he lived in Adam, but Adam sinned and God left. He lived in the Holy of Holies of Israel, but Israel sinned and the Shekinah glory left. He said, well, where on earth does God live? And then he says, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. And you are not your own. You're bought with a price. Second Corinthians I mean, it, it just talks about the fact that we, our bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It says, there it is. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? You have from God, you're not your own, and you're bought with a price. Well, I know now, I know how Paul lived in that physical world. 
because he lived in the unseen world. He knew that in Christ he was a new creation. He knew that in Christ he had redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. He knew that in Christ he was no longer in his own righteousness, as good as it was as a Jew, but he was now robed in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. And he realized that his body was the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And then Paul also realized, and I want to say to you, he realized that in Christ, I want you to listen to me, we're no longer in the flesh. We're in the spirit. Somebody says, well, you know, Brother Fred, I'm saved, but I'm just in the flesh. Well, come on now. Come on. You can get in the flesh, but if you're saved, you're not in the flesh. I want you to look at that verse on the screen. For you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. Now, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ is none of his. Paul realized that he wasn't in the flesh anymore. He'd been a persecutor of the church, a blasphemer, but he knew that Christ had come into his life and now that he was not living in the flesh, but he was living in the spirit. And and we need to understand that in Christ, we're no longer in the flesh. The flesh has no power over us. It cannot rule over us unless we let it. We're in the spirit of God. Here's another truth in the unseen world. In Christ, we're a new creation. In Christ, we have redemption from our sins through his precious blood. In Christ, we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In Christ, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in Christ, we're not in the flesh, we're in the spirit. But now here, this is good. Did you know that in Christ, you have full access into the presence of God the Father? You have something that the Old Testament saints did not have. As long as the veil was over the the door of the Holy of Holies, as long as the veil was in the temple, no one had access into the glorious presence of God. But when Jesus died on the cross and cried, it is finished, the veil in the temple was torn in two, and immediately once the temple was, the veil was torn in two, God said, welcome into my presence. And the beautiful thing about us who live in the unseen world is we have full access to the Father through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are living in the Holy of Holies. You know, there's a great verse, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Listen to this. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest, that means the Holy of Holies, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by that new and living way, consecrated to us through the veil, that is his flesh. And then he gives us a promise. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Have our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Listen, it's awesome to know that we have access into the very presence of the Father through the precious blood of Jesus. The veil has been torn in two and we can live in the presence of Almighty God. You know, there's another blessing of the unseen world. In Christ, I'm a new creation. In Christ, I've been redeemed by his blood and my sins are forgiven. 
In Christ I am robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In Christ my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. And in Christ I have full access into the presence of God. The veil is in two. And we can live in his presence. But here's another truth. In Christ, I'm a child of God. Do you live like you're a child of God? You say, Brother Fred, I don't feel like I'm a child of God. I don't feel like I have access into the presence of the Father. I don't feel like I'm righteousness. I'm righteous. I don't. What's it got to do with the way you feel? The devil will create havoc with your feelings. I mean, you'll be like a spiritual yo-yo. No, it's not by feeling, it's by faith. And by faith, the Bible says that we are a child of God. I love 1 John 3, verse 2. It says, beloved, now we are the children of God. Wait a minute. You say, Brother Fred, I'll be a child of God, full and complete, when I get to heaven. Wrong. Beloved, now are we the children of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Man, I'm telling you in the unseen world, I think many times Paul said, I know they're beating me and I know I'm in prison and I know they're chasing me and I'm knowing in the, I've been shipwrecked and I don't know how I'm going to get out. He said, but it doesn't matter. I'm a child of the living God. I used to love to sing that song. I'm a child of the king. A child of the king. With Jesus my Savior, I'm a child of the king. In the unseen world, you're a child of God. There's another one. Uh, if you're in Christ, you're a member of, the, of his church. You are a member of the body of Christ. Think about it. I'm not only a child of God, but he's got a church, his bride, his bride. And I'm a member of the bride of Christ. I'm a member of the church of the living God. In 2 Corinthians 12, 27, I want you to notice this verse. Now, this is to believers. Are you listening to me? Now you are the body of Christ. Wow. I don't feel like it, but you are. Now you are the body of Christ. And members individually, that we're members of his body and that we, we belong to his church Hey, by the way, sometimes we feel dis discouraged. A lot of times. <laughs> A lot of times we feel down. Hey, I, I bet there were times when Paul was in prison that he really got weary mentally. He never mentions getting discouraged. He never does. But I know he got weary, and I know he had a lot of pain. But you know... Uh, you know what he said in Romans 8, 37? You know what he said? That in Christ, he is more than a conqueror through Christ that loved us. In all things, get this, we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. Man, now listen, if you're living in the seen world, 
you're going to get tossed about and beat about by every circumstance. But if you're living in the unseen world and you realize who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, that you're a new creation in Christ, that your sins are forgiven, that you have the righteousness of Christ, your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you're not in the flesh, you're in the Spirit. In Christ, you have full access into the presence of the Father and that you are a child of God and you're a member of the body of Christ. And in Christ, you are more than a conqueror. I didn't say in the flesh, I said in Christ. You're more than a conqueror. Boy, I love this. <laughs> this is a part of the unseen world. Who you are in Christ. In Christ, you have victory over Satan and all of his demons. You say, I don't feel like it. <laughs> Feelings ain't got anything to do with it. The Bible says that in Christ, that all principalities and powers are under his feet. And that you're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. And therefore, all principalities and powers are under your feet. Well, let me just give you two verses that absolutely tell us that we have victory over Satan and all of his demons. In James 4, 6 and 7, listen to what it says. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And then he says, therefore... Since God gives grace to the humble, resist, therefore submit to God, Jesus is Lord. Resist the devil, and he won't go anywhere. That's not what it says. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Sounds to me like he's defeated. By the way, in, in Revelation twelve eleven, it says... And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. I tell you what, I have all kind of problems if I focus on the seen world. But if somehow I can get back and realize that I'm just passing through and that I've got, I've got to live in this world, in the unseen world. And I have to live fully aware and assured of who Christ is in me and who I am in Christ. And by the way, Paul knew that. He knew that. You, you know what he said in Philippians 1.21? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. See, that was his life. He lived in the unseen world. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. You know what else he said? I can do all things, be beaten, shipwrecked, at the point of death. I can do all things through Christ. Not by struggling, not by striving. I can do all things through Christ. Who is my strength? Who was Paul's strength? He wasn't strong. He talked about his weakness. He said, I was with you in weakness and fear and trembling at times. But where did he get his strength? He said, I can do all things through Christ. He lived in the unseen world. He did not look at his ability and his strength. He looked at the power of Jesus in him. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. In Christ we're more than conquerors. In Christ we have victory over, over the devil and all his demons. Boy, I like this. 
In Christ, I am eternally secure. Did you know once you're in Christ, you're not ever going to be lost again? Now, the problem is you've got to be sure you're in Christ. You don't want to have a false hope. You don't want to have a false religious experience. Only you can know. But I'm telling you, if you're in Christ, you're eternally secure. Listen to the words of Jesus in John 10, 27 through 30. I love this. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone pluck them out of my hand. My father who gave them to me is greater than all and no one can pluck them out of my father's hand. Secure in Jesus. They would beat him with 39 stripes they stopped at 39 because 40 would kill him. But he, you know what he said? I will never perish. Every time they hit him, I, they will, I will never perish. I will never perish because I have absolute security in Jesus Christ. And then, of course, Paul said that, and this is a good, good news, I'm telling you, especially for us who are over 70, in Christ, I have victory over death, hell, and the grave. Did you know we have victory over death, child of God? The worst, you know what Jesus said? Do not fear those that can kill the body, but fear him who can destroy your, your body and soul in hell. I mean, Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He talked about dying as his departure, like he was fixing to catch a train. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. Big deal. Because he knew that in Christ we have victory over death, hell, and the grave. Death has lost its sting. Glory to God. Oh, look what it says in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 15, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Thanks be to the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I'm not, you're not, you know, as a child of God, we're not afraid to die. Come on, man. All that is is a release to go and being with Jesus forever. It's not the, 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 that we're afraid of dying. It's how we die. We want to die well. We don't want to die sick, but it don't work that way. Lord, I don't mind you taking me, but I want to be perfectly well with no pain when I go. That's not part of the deal. But I'm telling you, in the unseen world, we have no fear of the future because death has lost its sting. The grave has lost its victory. In Christ, we have victory over death, hell, and the grave. And then th there's one other. In Christ, I have an eternal home being prepared for me. Did you realize that? that right now Jesus is at work preparing a home for you? I mean, come on. Paul knew that. Now, John wrote this, but Paul knew it. Jesus, Paul said in, in John 14, uh, John said in John 14, 2 and 3, in my Father's house are many mansions. By the way, the Father's house is the universe. In this great universe, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you shall be also. Hallelujah. I have an eternal home that Jesus is preparing for you and for me. And that's who we are in Christ. I don't call them funerals anymore. I call them celebrations when it's a child of God. Well, here's the last thing. You said, Lord, you done said enough already. But here's the last thing. In Christ, I am complete. You say, well, Jesus is not enough. You're deceived. We sing that sign, Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. I'm going to tell you, he is. He is more than sufficient. Colossians 2, verse 8 and 9 says, In him, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, vain deceit according to the tradition of men, and not according to Christ says, for, it, for in him, Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Next verse. And you are complete in him, who is the head of principality and power. Well, i tell you what we need to do. We need to take a journey this morning into the unseen world. It's just 20 minutes to 11. Man, I'm way ahead of schedule. We need to take a journey into the unseen world. We need to make a confession of who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. So, they're going to be on the screen. And this is going to be our confession in Christ. You say, by faith, I'm living this light of fiction, which is but for a moment. Induce for me a far more exceeding way to glory because I'm not looking at what's seen but what's unseen. What's seen is temporary. What's unseen is eternal. Stand with me to your feet. And let's confess this together. You know, it's going to be right there on the screen. So are you ready to go? If you're ready, say amen. Amen. If you're going to confess this in faith, say amen. amen. All right, let's go. Number one. In Christ, well, we just read it together. I'm not reading, we're going to start together. Ready? In Christ, I am a new creation. All right? In Christ, my sins are forgiven. In Christ, I am righteous. In Christ, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In Christ, I am not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. In Christ, I have full access into the Father's presence. In Christ, I am a child of God. In Christ, I'm a member of his church, his body. In Christ, I am more than a conqueror. In Christ, I have victory over Satan and all his demons. In Christ, I am eternally secure. In Christ, I have victory over death hell, and the grave. In Christ, I have an eternal home in heaven prepared for me. And Christ, I am complete. And all of God's people said? Better? A little bit louder. That's right. Hey, that's called living in the unseen world. Now let me give you this verse. I'm going to pray. Jesus said, I want you to listen. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. 
you stay in my word, and you know what about the unseen world. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then this morning I know this. What I've given you is straight out of the word of God, and it is truth. And if you continue in that word, you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free.